Alright, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 9 of Zed Daily. Today, I have another Zed Run content creator and another staple in the Zed Run community, Mr. Darside Supercoats. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. No problem. So before we get into Zed Run, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into cryptocurrency and then how did that parlay into Zed Run? So I was doing some research for a nonprofit that I'm involved with, the Human Anatomy Project, and with a uh, another NFT project that I was asked to consult on. So when that happened, uh, I was given a small bag to go out and explore the world of crypto and checked out a few different things while I was doing my research, came across Zed Run, bought a crappy horse, and I was hooked. Okay, I'm definitely in this, but I did get to learn a lot of things along the way uh, about what kind of horses to buy, the breeding process, and of course, security. Because uh, most people know I did get a uh, pretty high profile hack happen to me. So let's go into that. So what happened? Was that your first horse that happened to and what was the story behind that? No, uh, that hack happened when I was up to 14 horses at the time. I going for a while. Although the original security hack part happened, I think, uh, very, very early on when I was first uh, getting into the crypto space and was on Discord talking to admins in Mintable and Rarible and OpenSea. And just because I needed to understand for releasing a collection what that was going to be like. And when I did that, uh, I believe I shared uh, my QR code with a fake OpenSea person. You know, I was so early, I had no clue. But I also had nothing in my wallet, so they didn't do anything. And they came back a few months later, and by then I would built up some stuff. I, you know, I had a few thousand in crypto. Uh, I had uh, some NFTs that... Uh, ended up getting sold out from underneath me. Uh, the, the way I became aware of it, uh, I have notifications on my phone for emails uh, and for bids and, and sales from OpenSea. Uh, I had the settings for all those to happen. And middle of the morning, I don't remember, probably like three o'clock in the morning, I get a notification on my phone saying that my Jockey Club Classic token had sold. And I knew I didn't list that for sale the jockey club classic hadn't happened yet you know and so that had me pick up my phone and then another notification comes through and says that slayer was sold and slayer was or not slayer sorry uh looper was sold and looper was my slate gray genesis stud the most valuable horse i owned and i knew for sure that it wasn't uh up for sale so at that moment, I'm panicking. Uh, I get OpenSea pulled up and another horse sells. And then I get into the security area of OpenSea and another horse sales. And then I hit the uh, my ma my MetaMask or my uh, OpenSea has been compromised button. That locked down OpenSea, but it didn't lock down MetaMask. So then they just shipped out all the currency. So what they had done was they just went through the offers and were just accepting anything, any offer that was on my uh, stuff to sell. And so uh, in the end, I, they sold three horses and one Jockey Club Classic before I locked them out, and they still managed to ship everything out. 
So they got in with a, a QR code? Yeah, so it used to be that you could uh, mobile sync your phone to your MetaMask account by you pulling up that QR code. Um, I didn't know enough about it to realize that that's what I gave to somebody else, I think, mm. very early on. I vaguely remember I think that happened, so that's where I'm assuming the hack happened. But at the time, had no clue. I had just bought something that was super cheap, uh, you know, a dollar fifty version of a forty dollar item. So I didn't know if maybe I bought a fake thing and got hacked. I didn't know if it was something else completely that I had no clue of. Some new hack. Uh, but I panicked uh, and created a new wallet while my met while my OpenSea account was still locked. But using the uh, stable tool in Zed, I shipped off all 11 of my horses that I had left to a new wallet. Well, that broke my horses. All 11 of them. And when they got to the new wallet, I couldn't sell them. I couldn't list them for sale. I couldn't, uh, nobody could bid on them. And so... I uh, reached out to Zed and to OpenSea, and as a result of that, uh, they locked all my or they marked all my horses as suspicious activity. Hmm. Not the three that were stolen out of my account, but the eleven I still had are now marked on OpenSea as suspicious activity, and I can't sell them or take bids on them. I could still transfer them through the Zed wallet or the the Zed stable tool. But then whoever gets them isn't able to uh, bid, uh, get bids or, or sell them either without that same funky thing. So I am in the middle of dealing with that with OpenSea, and it looks like I will be able to get that fixed someday. But uh, so I'm just diamond hooked on those 11. I'm up to 20-something uh, horses now, so uh, I've still managed to move forward. But it was definitely a learning experience. Uh, I definitely would suggest to people that you have uh, – in my opinion, you should have three wallets. You should have your, I'm going to uh, apply to your giveaway and drop my, uh, my address on this uh, kind of wallet that you don't care. If that wallet got hacked, it wouldn't be a big deal because it's full of junk. You should have a operations wallet, which is the one you're going to race out of or the one you're going to buy something on OpenSea out of uh, wallet. And then you should have your vault, a wallet that you never share the address on, that you never really expose to communities and things like that, where you're able to say, yeah, no, this is just going to sit over here for the next five years, you know, kind of things. Uh, I, I really think that people should start diversifying their wallets, uh, not just for that breeding fee, uh, bone uh, advantage that you can get from doing that, but also just for security. So if, you know, if I hadn't been on my phone, if, if I didn't have notifications on, I would have woke up and had no horses left, you know, uh, especially not Darth Talon, who is my only racehorse. So just a recommendation to everybody out there. Don't put all your eggs in one basket because Trust me, that's a horrible feeling to wake up to. Yeah, that 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 does not sound fun at all. Has has OpenSea like been? Have they had good customer service throughout this process, or has it been a pain? You no, know, it's it's been a pain. Um, 
Zed's been uh, a mixture of of absolutely helpful as they could be, and also absolutely no help at all. Uh, so they, uh, of course, they don't control OpenSea. They're not OpenSea. You know, OpenSea is just a platform that they happen to have chosen to list and 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 sell on. Uh, and they have devs that deal directly with OpenSea's devs. So I did have to climb that customer support ladder to try and get my information to the Zed developers to try and get an end around to the OpenSea developers. And uh, they were not very helpful on that side, although a couple of their people did reach out to me on the sly and say, look, unofficially, we can't do anything. And it really boils down to, I believe, the separation they have to maintain because of the know your customer uh, side of, uh, of legalities for them. So I, I don't fault Zed for anything other than, you know, this is your asset. This is your game asset that I can't use properly. And I'm now at a disadvantage to every other stable out there. You know, right before the tournament, the, the big Zed tournament, there was quite a few racehorses that were getting sold then. Nobody could even bid on Darth Talon. Now, they would have had to come with like a three ETH offer for me to do it, but uh, I, I couldn't even be in the running for someone to buy her. So I, I am at a little bit of a disadvantage, but I've decided to just embrace it and decide that those 11 horses are running on the Darth side. <laughs> so... I like it. Would you like to see those horses that were stolen be frozen, be marked, be tagged? I, I had that offer, and I said no because it wasn't the people that bought the horses' fault. Mm. They put in a bid. They woke up. Their, the bid had been accepted. They were ecstatic. They did nothing wrong. I don't want them to be penalized for it. Uh, I did have G7, um, amazing member of our community, actually managed to buy one of the three and just gave it back to me wow that's awesome yeah i mean the zed community is amazing and and uh if if i hadn't already just jumped in with both feet the community would have been enough to make me do it the response of the community is, is a big portion of why i stuck with it uh g7 bought that horse back for me uh zed retro gave me a colt an unnamed uh lady luck stables gave me a filly unnamed you know, and so they're like, hey, sell it, breed it, race it, whatever you want. Just want to see you back whole. And, you know, that the, the support of the text messages, the people that retweeted, they were like, hey, Zed, help this dude out. What's going on? You know, that that community aspect of Zed is just amazing. Uh, yeah, so I agree. Yeah, as well. I wouldn't want to see anything bad happen to those, but I am. Still, someday I will get myself a slate gray Genesis again, male, because that is that's the cornerstone of my breeding stable, is a slate gray Genesis male, and I don't have one anymore. Let's go on to why but, slate uh, gray. So yeah, that's that's something I, I really enjoy talking about because not many people look into this side of things. I know it's just cosmetics and and colors don't affect racing at all, whether it's rare, super rare, or super coat. But 
rare and super rare still command a little bit of a premium in pricing. I mean, if you pull up what a slate gray Genesis male goes for right now, you're talking three to 10 times, depending on the day of, of a regular Genesis male of equal level. And so there's value just in the rare and the super rare aspects of it. But then the breeding algorithm, the color breeding algorithm really comes into play. And if you, the Step Stables has a great uh, color calculator, you can look up and do your own research uh, of pairings on. But if you look at the white paper from Zed and you look at the, the color breeding algorithm side of it, your percentages are based on what the parents' color uh, column and box start off at. So if I re breed two slate gray parents together, I have a pretty good chance at a super coat just the same as anybody else breeding a super coat. But if I don't hit super coat, I'm getting a rare or better offspring color, 1% or better. That's just my entire breeding career. I have never bred anything less than a 1% coat color. And that's because of the slate gray and how it's rarity and how those values affect the outcome. So I think it's 60% is controlled by the father, the color of the father. And then you get slight bonuses for Genesis and for Supercoat. And so when you start off at the top of the chart, which slate gray is the top of the chart, you don't get rarer than slate gray. You have equal rarity with Stronghold Ivory, but I'm on the Darth side, so I don't screw with the, uh, the white stuff. Uh, if you start there, I have made it a slate gray, uh, which is four out of a thousand is, is their breakdown of how many there should be in the starting algorithm, four of them per thousand. If I make that with something on the bottom of that color table, uh, swallowed moth or something like that, my offspring is coming down from slate gray at super rare so it might come down to rare or it might come down to another super rare either to either side but its box is going to be very close to that starting super rare slate gray uh moon box so it was just uh oh here's a little niche where i could increase my chances as a very small budget stable to be profitable did you and have so continue that was uh, probably about 10 horses in when I really made that full decision to do that and, and sold off a couple of Genesis females that didn't fit my breeding program and got myself this unraced, unnamed, unbred, slate gray finny that I paid 0.385 or something like that for. So way overpaid, you know, market was much tougher back then, especially for the finnies and stuff like that. <clears throat> and she was just bought as, wow, I've stepped up from Buterin. I'm now in the Finney realm. And I got my slate gray breeding female because she was legendary. So I could still have her offspring be exclusive and have values there. And no plans on racing her or anything like that. Uh, and then they said they were taking away odds. I was like, oh, shit. Well, I got to throw everybody in a grippy. <laughs> I got to get some odds. Yeah. 
And so after everybody but one horse, I have one horse that I will never put in a Griffey. He will remain unraced for his entire life until Disney buys him from me. Uh, and they'll buy my whole stable at that point because Darth Vader, I own the legendary Darth Vader. And he is a, uh, unraced, will not be raced because I don't, he's my Schrodinger's horse. As long as I don't race him, he still has the potential to be a legend. Mm -hmm. As soon as I race him, I know the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'm not taking that chance on Darth Vader. But I didn't even pay attention to the results of these horses that I slapped, that I got Griffey happy that night on. I came back two days later and I look and she had pulled six odds in her Griffey. I was like, whoa, I might want to race this horse. <laughs> and then she's just the flamingest thing I've ever seen. Uh, she's a natural you, has a great down button in three different distances, and can race in three different distances all the way up into class two profitably. Uh, yesterday, she won a class two $1,215 race. So she normally resides in class three. That's her, her natural comfort zone. Uh, I've only downclassed her twice in her life. Uh, once before the uh, Jockey Club Classic because she was going to be drafted by somebody. And I wanted to give them the best chance of her winning. So I downclassed her to class four before the uh, tournament. And then the second time was after uh, my run in the uh, NASCAR, Z, the big Z tournament. Because I was, I'd just gotten into class two. I saw everybody else downclassing their horses before the tournament. And it just wasn't me. It wasn't my style. Uh, you know, I, I totally within the rules and nothing against the people that chose to do it that way. But that wasn't how I wanted to roll. So I started my Zed run tournament in class two. Raced all the way up into class one, ended up over 100 class points, right about 100 class points, uh, and said, okay, I got here, my 30 races are in, and I'm at 37%. That's not going to be good enough. You know, I did that within two days. I did 30 legit races, not, you know, oh, I want to get on the leaderboard. No, this is, okay, legit racing, class two, class one, 37% show rate not going to be enough three races dive 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 <laughs> all the way down to zero class uh, that's funny and then rode up in the money i'm back up to class well i just uh took a down class race into get back out of class two because of the costs i can't afford to get up there anymore i have to down class to keep myself out of class two and class one because of the minimum race fee and the man with the new dropping rate of only minus two points, then I'm I'm spending a minimum of two fifty per point to D class. So I can't get way up into class two in class one. You know, oh, ten dollars a race to try and D class two points. Now you're doing five dollars a point to D class. So uh and now, of course, I, I go to get in a race this morning and it says that she's already in a race, even though she's not. So she can't race right now anyways. <clears throat> but yeah, those are the only two times I've ever declassed. Uh, no, nothing against people that are out there doing that all the time. And I see all the time 
horses with, you know, 150, 180 wins in class five with eight class points. I'm like, <laughs> I look forward to when they get some changes to kind of shift that up a little bit. When people have to come up in class. <clears throat> I don't know that it's that people have to come up in class. I mean, if, if you're not profitable racing in class four, I understand you declassing to try and stay in class five. It, but there should be a system that if I have a hundred wins, I shouldn't be going up against a guy with two wins or with no wins. You know, there should be separation just like in real horse racing for maidens. You know, if you're a winless horse, you're not going up against the secretariat type horse. That's just not the way it works. You got to prove yourself down here before you're even going to qualify for these upper races. And I think that that should have a little bit more to do with it. They should mirror a bit more of that, uh, you know, number of wins, winning percentages kind of things can be thrown in there. Although, again, winning percentage can be gamed. So wins shouldn't change your class. You know, just because you have 100 wins doesn't mean you should have to be in class one. But it should means you shouldn't be in, in class five against horses that haven't won yet. So would you say more of like a maybe like get rid of classes, but just say if this horse has a hundred races, you can't race against a horse that only has ten races. So like wins. It, yeah, I, I would okay. say more wins. Okay. You know, you might have a hundred races in and still only have a second and a third. Good point. You know, so I don't want you to be stuck up there with monsters you definitely can't compete with. But we should be able to, you know, shift your funnel over to an area where you're racing against other horses that have similar number of races under their belt you know so i personally i hope that the elo system is actually more of a uh filterable this is what i'd like to enter and can qualify for so yeah winless horses you know i should be able to have a, a select uh distance and and class that i can be in for that and once you but, once you, know, you get I'm, your win, you're unqualified for that class. Yeah, you can't do maiden the the maiden type racing group anymore because you have gotten a win. Okay, now you're in the general racing, and then you've got a hundred wins under your belt. Well, you need to be in monster class mm, now. I like that. Monster class five is still a monster class. So if class five is where you need to be, that's fine. And let's have you racing against other class five monsters. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's more, it's no matter what solution you come up with, I can figure out a way to game your system. And if I can do it, so can other people. So there, there is no perfect solution for this. No matter what changes they make, they're going to incentivize some horses and de-incentivize others. And that's why I've been saying from the very beginning, there's no such thing as glue. You have no clue what these changes are going to be. We have 15% of Zed run available to us right now, in my opinion. When you consider weather, track surfaces, types of tracks, types of races, that we still haven't even gotten words on, let alone an idea of how that will affect us. Are they going to have a steeplechase? Are Zabos going to be the jumping kings? Mm. You know? Is Zabos so weak racing because they're such great breeders? 
you know, take your your knock, slap it with a zabo, a zabo daddy, and those you know Z sixes and Z sevens and Z fives are are looking really really good out there. That have you know a little knock in them, a little zabo in them. I've seen a lot of those monsters. When I explore the lineage of some of these great uh, horses that are a little more under the radar because they aren't arbitrages or, or you know, uh, Dan Chans, and so they don't get the promotional side of things. But you see them in your race, and you're like, oh, crap, there he is again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know who owns that stable, but, man, I'm tired of seeing that horse. The Z7s, especially, yeah, I've noticed, like, um, the bred Z7s with a little bit of a Naka in them are some killers. Yeah, yeah, that that knocks I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff that has a little bit of Zabo in it that tends to be really good. And so maybe they're not good racers in this environment. Maybe they're the best breeders, though. Maybe they're really strong in, in adding, uh, being able to maintain the base ability at a higher level. I don't know. Uh, I don't discover the algorithm and I don't I hope nobody ever does discover the secrets of the algorithm because that'll ruin the game in my opinion. Keep it interesting. Yeah. If someone figures it out, it better be just like my wife. They better change the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into breeding a little bit. What are your strategies and how do you feel about the current breeding minimum system? Are you able to breed right now? And if you are, what horses are you pairing together? So, um, for the most part, I'm not doing too much breeding. I do have a breeding program. Uh, my breeding program, as I said, is a slate gray program. So my first goal was to get a slate gray breeding pair, legendary or better, of each level. So I have slate gray legendary buterins, finnies, and zabos. Now, my zabos are not legendary. I do have an exclusive in there uh, for that. And then I got a knock female that's not slate gray just because I couldn't pass up a 0 0.04 knock female V7. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> I don't care what kind of racer it is. Uh, but I haven't been do breeding my buterins. The cost isn't worth it. Um, I did just breed Darth Talon with her half-brother, though. Uh, that was – and her half-brother is not slate gray. He's uh, – Stronghold Ivory or, or some white color, but Darth Crate and Darth Talon mated. Uh, didn't produce a monster for me. Hasn't flamed yet. It's got a second and a third out of like 10 races, but uh, haven't really found a, a distance for it quite yet. Um, I, I would like to be breeding, but yeah, the, the cost of breeding is just out of whack right now with the value of the secondary market. Uh, one of the things I think that could help that situation and really think they need to do is they need to make breeding with Genesis a lot more expensive. Mm. Uh, to me, the why would I breed with your legendary sire when for 20 bucks more I can breed with a Genesis? That's That makes no sense. You know, if you look at the real world and you want Secretariat's uh, sperm, you're paying millions. Mm. And I always like to think of Genesis as the secretariats of the game. They're the grandfathers that everybody wants the bloodline. 
you know, and you need to make that rare. I understand why they didn't in the beginning. You, you're really trying to breed up as much of a population as you can and make as much noise as you can. I really think that that's part of, of the issue is they want that noise there in the beginning because odds really, uh, they didn't expect us to use odds uh, the way we did. And I think that the odds were cutting through a lot of that noise. And that's why they got rid of it. Cutting through they, the noise, you mean like, how like we people were, were figuring odds. it we were out? able to isolate out specific Genesis horses that were crap. Mm. And they didn't want that to happen. They're like, wait, no, you can't. One race, 10 races, and you know this horse is crap. Well, no, there's no discovery left. Right. Now, that was really helpful for a few of the uh, really great Z1 and Z2 breeders that, oh, yeah, you got some ducky in you, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Uh, but the the breeding costs, it should be 25 bucks to breed a, a pacer or a cross, you know. Total lotto ticket, quick and easy. Yeah, take a chance. You're not upset if you, you're not all that great. If you can win a little bit, that's even better. But the, the Z number of your offspring should be what the, uh, in my opinion, a lot of the uh, cost is based on as well. So that you're creating that structure of, no, Z6s are expensive as hell. You know, Z12s are pretty dang pricey. You get below Z30 and yeah, it's getting a lot more manageable in just picking up. Yeah, I feel like grabbing a, a lotto ticket. And I, I think that that will help a, a lot with uh, getting new players into the game, allowing people to breed and be profitable from the breeding and will then just really explode the economy from the ground up. Right. I'm not a trickle down economics type of guy, wasn't I said? Because if you're doing it like that, then you're placing the 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 value on that bloodline. So you're saying like, if you're coming in and you're giving a people people a chance to buy like a twenty dollar buterin, they don't have to come in and spend eighteen hundred dollars on their first horse. And if it's a donkey, I'd rather lose twenty bucks than eighteen hundred. You know? Yeah. If it's a donkey, well, guess what? You got to learn the racing mechanics, the interface, the tools that we use to search. You got time to get to know the community. On and it didn't cost you $500 worth of horse plus racing fees on top of that. You know, because, oh, well, I tell everybody, if you haven't got 20 races in on your horse, you probably don't really know that much about your horse. I mean, you might have gotten lucky in your Griffey and got flames and figured out, oh, yeah, here's a good distance. I tried down there, decent down distance, and that only took you six. But most horses aren't that easy to figure out. Uh, maybe if you got the blood tool or something else, it is. I don't know, but... I can't afford that. No disrespect to Dan Shen. I hope to someday be able to afford a blood tool. But, you know, that that incentivizes a lot more gameplay, a lot wider community coming in. And it's no longer the game of kings. Because right now, in our current ecosystem, it's a game of kings. You look at the tournaments. Darth Talon is uh, a top 1% in the game. According to LIR rankings, she has a lifetime within the top 1,500 of rankings. There's 150,000 horses in our ecosystem. That means she's a top 1% horse. She barely qualified for the uh, Zombie 100 
she had no chance in the Zed tournament. That's a top 1% horse. What is everybody else's chances? If you don't have a horse as good as Darth Talon, and I don't think Darth Talon's like, you know, princess of power or anything like that, but she's a dang good profitable horse. I mean, she's this close to one ETH in prof or in, in winnings and gets to join the one ETH club. Mm. How many people have a horse that's anywhere even going to get them close to one ETH in profit? Yeah, I think it goes back inside of three months. Yeah, 1%, maybe less. Yeah. So, I, I you know, you're, you're going to ape in and buy yourself uh, a Z4 Nakamoto that seems to have a decent winning rate. So, that means you're going to be spending what? 0.18, 0.25, somewhere in there. To get that racer how long is it going to take for you to be profitable you bought some genesis above buterin you're not going to be profitable unless you've got breeding you just bought a z1 nakamoto for 40 ETH. you ain't going to make that back in racing You know, so it, there is a little bit to me of a disconnect in the economics of of what it costs you to get a horse and what your potential to be profitable is. If you're looking at it as, no, I'm having fun. And when they do the party mode and you can sit there playing poker with your boys and have, yeah, we're going to do a round robin. Everybody got to bring six horses to the table tonight, you know, and maybe someone's going to win a horse out of it or something like that then you can be profitable with party mode and stuff like that. But for the majority of people, they're not going to be profitable racing in Zed. It's a fun thing. Yeah. And breeding has the opportunity to make you profitable a lot quicker than racing. But when they price out the breeding to where you can't afford to breed because the offspring you're going to breed isn't going to sell because they've glutted the market with these low Z numbers. You know, literally you can get a, a Nakamoto, a slate gray Nakamoto, like a Z8 right now. I think I saw one last night for 0 0.08 mm. for a female Nakamoto in slate gray. Where's your profit if you bred that horse? It costs you more than 0 0.08 to breed a Nakamoto. So, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I've sold plenty of horses at a loss because they weren't worth the money that I paid to breed them. And I'm not going to race them, so I'll recoup some investment. But not like the people that I sold it to made out. They didn't get a, a winning racehorse. They got a shit horse. So now they're not going to be happy because they overpaid what it was worth. And they're not going to be able to recoup their investment. And that all comes down to the class system, the breeding fees, and the uh, point system, and which we have a new point system. And a lot of people are really unhappy about that new point system. I, I'm not. Do you want to dive into why you're not? Well, I, one, I'm excited not to be getting a point for four anymore. Same. You know, to me, that was, was beautiful. 
because Slayer comes in second and third a lot. Has only come in first once in his career. He's my Slay Gray Zabo. Uh, and, but he classes up really fast because he gets second, third, and fourth a lot. Doesn't come in at the tail end very much, so he doesn't get many declassing point chances. Doesn't come in 12th really at all. So he was never going to get the big declassing points. But now I've got 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, I think 7th too, mm -hmm. that I'm getting two points of declass. So I, I like that, that I, I can declass a little easier now by get, by not having to get 12th. Oh, you know, now everything's the equivalent of getting 10th. And and the 10th is okay. It's not the best D-class, but it's okay. So now they're all that, but now I got five options for that. Okay, I'm good with that. So I, I'm not upset about it, The but the people that I understand being upset about it are people that, due to the tourney or due to the previous system, <clears throat> are sitting up there in class one, and maybe they're sitting on 70, 75 points in class one because of the tournament. So for them to D-class and get down to where they could be racing against proper competition again, it might cost them 200, 250 bucks to get down to racing level. There's some people that that's just their racing career has done that. Mm -hmm. They can't afford to D-class that much money to get to a competitive race. So I, I support those people as well, because while it's not going to negatively affect my performances that much, because, yeah, Darth Talon can win a $15 class two. So I can afford to D-class. You know, that's going to win me 100 bucks. If, if I spend 25 of that D-classing down, I'm still pretty far up in my game. Not many people have that ability. If you're, course, she is a natural you. She isn't always going to win that class twelve and win right. that fifteen's gone. Right. But you know, but she's she's going to win. Uh, I think her current, even with all the downclassing. Remember, I declassed her from a hundred points all the way to zero. That's crazy. So her win rate is shot. It's still at I think fourteen to sixteen percent. Her place rate or her show rate, depending upon which culture you're in, her third place rate is, is still in the 30s, even after all those losses. Most people don't have a horse like that. So they are like uh, Dork. I think Dork Love Sports is, is one that has been commenting on that about how much trouble they, they're in now because of the new pricing and, and point system. And they're stuck up there in class one without having a class one horse. So, I, you know, I understand and feel for the people that are in that situation because it did screw them. But I also constantly say, this is the horse that's profitable today. I can't tell you who's going to be profitable tomorrow because we don't get major updates from Zed. We don't get preparatory updates from Zed. And you know that the new point system that they implemented yesterday when did they announce that yesterday yesterday <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> okay 
so yeah, no, no time to prep or anything like that. No time to be aware. Oh yeah, no, you're not going to be able to get, you know, I got one of the last minus four 12th place finishes that, that happened and it helped me to where, Oh, my next race where I only got minus two. Well, I went from 61 to 59. Whereas if I had waited 20 more minutes to do that race, I would have only gotten minus two instead of minus four. It would have taken me a couple more races to get out and therefore more money that I'm throwing away to somebody else. When you got Darth Talon down during that tournament, you got him down with free races and now they're taking yep. that away. You can only class up with free races now. So how you like that? Oh, I do. Okay. I, I do. Cause to me that I can't imagine what it would be like to have a normal old class five horse and you go jump in a race and you're staring at Darth Talon, Mirajo, and you know, I mean, just, yeah. And due to timing, Darth Talon came in in the 10th, 10th horse that entered the race. Yeah. So you're thinking, okay, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that's like. Uh, so uh, to me that, while I took advantage of it, I took advantage of it partially because I was tweeting about it as I'm doing it. You know, I, I, I went on stream. I did a, the live stream breakdown of, of who was going to be successful in this tournament and why. What that would mean for everybody else. What you should be doing. And I was a half a day ahead of everybody else in everything I did other than that I didn't D-class to start that tournament. Why? All the monsters were down in class five. Why would I start there and try and go up against them? I'll be up here in class two and class one where they aren't anymore. Win a bunch there. Oh, they're on their way up, nosedive down. Mm -hmm. And telling everybody, this is if you don't have a chance in the tournament and you don't, this is what you should be doing. This is how you do it. Come join me in class five as we dive, dive, dive. And I did. I took it all the way to zero. Zero class points. And that is hard to do with Darth Talon because she will win in, in her down class distance every once in a while. If it's a reverse roll, she's winning in a 2200, even though she's a 1,000-meter racer. And so when I got down there, I waited. Let every monster finish clearing out of class five and class four. Or, and then I started my climb. And so I'm, again, not racing against the monsters. And if I am up against the monsters, it's because they're in their down class. Can't tell you how many times I beat Princess of Power because she's a marathoner. And if I see her in a short race, oh, I'm hopping in that thing. But you, it, it's about knowing the fields and stuff like that. And so the, that no downclassing in the free races to me is a beautiful thing to keep people from doing exactly what I was doing during that tournament. Uh, you know, I had 100 class points and it didn't cost me a dime to go to zero. And you can just make a killing on the way back up in the paid races. Right. I've made hundreds on my way back up. Now, I don't have to dive all the way to class five. Whatever class I put her in, she's going to stay there because she's a natural you. 
now with the new point system, it's probably going to be just as easy for me because she's a 12, 11, 10, 9. Out of her 550 races, I think she's only come in eighth like six times. You know, she's really huge. And so, yeah, I'm able to to stay in my, in my lane, I think. Uh, we'll see as we move forward and if they let me start racing again. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's going to help keep monsters out of class five and keep from gaming the system the way I did. They're at least going to have to pay to get down there, which means they're at least contributing to some class on their way down and somebody that, that couldn't maybe win in, in a race will be uh, getting an opportunity to win because there's down classers that are having to pay for that race. Right. Especially if you're studying and you see, okay, I know princess of power. This is the down distance. They're trying to down class. I should hop in this race. Cause I have a better chance of winning. Right. Yeah. You see Mirajo in a 2200. That's a down class. You see Darth Talon in a high distance race. Don't get scared. Jump in that thing. You, you've now got an easier field instead of one out of 12, you're one out of 11. You know, and knowing those, knowing the monsters is, is definitely important. I always tell people, if you're, if you don't have a monster and you are one of the first five people in the race, you are meat. You know, I don't, even when the races where you couldn't get in the 250 races, unless you were click, 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 you're meat. Because I can throw Darth Talon in as the first horse in a race. And I'm not scared. I'm not worried. Whoever comes in there, I've beat Mirajo before. You know, I, I have beat the best. Well, some of the best. Not, you know, not the best of class one, maybe. But yeah. Mirajo, in my opinion, is one of the best horses in the I game. And I have beat him. So I'm not scared of any horse. I'll jump in there. But only with Darth Talon any other horse in my stable i am the 10th person in that race i'm fighting with those last few people that are trying to intelligently pick a race to get in because if not you're just throwing away your money because there are horses that don't have the ethics that darth talon does that will uh sit there and wait and jump in as a monster into a race that they're like okay not enough monsters in this for me to be afraid of. I can jump in here. That are using stacked max to see how many monsters are in that race. And that's another thing I tell people. You know, if you're not using the Know Your Horses plugin, the stacked max plugin, the using Hawk U and MJ Informatics, you're not playing the same game I am. Facts. You're donating money to me, and I appreciate it, but I'll still tell you about the tools. You should be using me. Uh, it's just, yeah, I love this game. I love talking about it. Yeah, me too. But I do understand those people that have those monster horses, like for me with diamonds, right? It's not smart for me to toss them in first six because I'm going to sit there for three days. Nobody's going right. to fill that race. Right. So I learned that from arbitrage. He's like, always fill, jump in last, jump in last. I was like, check, got it, jump in last, don't have to sit for three Completely. days. And I am not scary enough that I'll be stuck there three days. Because of my natural you, enough people have beat me that they know they stand a chance. You know, they they love it. They love to brag on it on Twitter. Yeah. Of, hey, I beat the legendary Darth Talon. 
I'm like, hey, yeah, let's do it again. Maybe next time it'll be my turn, but congratulations. I'm happy for people when they get that feeling because I know the feeling when I beat Mirajo. Right. You know, I and I, my famous victory against her was uh, against him was, uh, uh, you know, I have a Twitter account for Darth Talon. Mm-hmm. And Darth Talon and I go back and forth sometimes. Uh, she likes to accuse me of not having any balls because I, I stick with mostly 250 and $5 races for her. And I keep her in class three. And so uh, one day she was giving me a hard time about that on Twitter. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, fine, then here you go. And I threw her in a race with monsters. Mirajo was one of them, but there were uh, like four monsters in this race. And I'm saying it on Twitter. All right, here you go. You want the smoke? Here it is. Here's the heat. Got it. You know? And she's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. And I'm, here's the link to the race before it pops no clue what's going to happen she wins that race you know and so little things like that i love that i love that kind of interaction when people comment to darth talon or to me about a race they're in i'm if i see a monster in a race i'm in or a stable owner that i recognize i'm on twitter saying Hey, I see you in class two or what you doing in my Griffey, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Get that banter going. Cause the racing isn't nearly as fun if it's not social. Right. You know, it, that win is, is great, but man, I want to share that win. I want other people to be upset that they lost and talk smack to me. You know, I, I've got, plenty thick skin you're not ever going to say anything that can hurt me uh so i love the banter and the back and forth and and i that's actually part of why i created darth talon was just so i could have that back and forth of of talk some smack here and the horse says yeah who are you to talk Mm. you know (laughs) you know that engagement side of things now my horse has over 500 followers damn on twitter Damn. Yeah. That's high. That's uh, uh that's she's cool still too. chasing me. I got over two thousand. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's and nice over 10, though. Ten thousand followers on LinkedIn. Oh I mean, shit. This, yeah, my my background is mixed reality. Okay. Uh AR, VR, MR, XR, whatever letters your your personal choice is for the description. That's what I've been in the industry I've been in for over a decade. So let's get into uh, that and the vote and the Van Gogh tees. What's the story behind your NFT? Okay, so <clears throat> the Van Gogh tees are uh, uh, artificial intelligence engine um, that's uh, based off of VQGAN uh, and uh, a collab library that was written by somebody else that I tweaked to, to fit my needs uh, that I discovered this thing could make beautiful paintings for me. And uh, a couple of people saw them and said, man, those are gorgeous. And so I decided, okay, well, I've got this human anatomy project that I'm involved with. And they're very, very early stage. Uh, It has to do with CT scan technology that I developed that is going to change medicine as we understand it. It's really amazing the things that I can do with CT scans now. Uh, And this is backwards compatible to every scan that's been done throughout history. But standing up a nonprofit is not easy. 
right. and uh, you need donations and things like that. And so uh, I decided to create these artwork pieces as rewards for people that were donating to the Human Anatomy Project. Well, so I had to learn the process. That's when I got that bag to, to really kind of explore that process and made a couple for individuals that I valued in the community, like MJ Stables and, and Zed Retro that were very instrumental in helping me onboard into Zed. Uh, I made them their own custom Van Gogh piece. And, uh, and then I made, uh, and, but before that I had made a few on the Ethereum blockchain. And I send a few of those off to some Zed uh, executives. Uh, and that's when I really got to know about Polygon and how I could mint on Polygon. And so at that point, I decided, okay, I'm going to throw together a collection of these art pieces. I'll call them uh, the process. Uh, so my, my exploration of the AI started with openai.com uh, that is a artificial intelligence repository uh, that they have text generative text ai so you could put in a sentence and it will give you back a more flowery version of that sentence and so people have used that engine to create things like copy ai uh, which is a copywriting software that you give it a few articles and it'll write you a few new articles Mm. based on that information and it was really powerful and then they were going to be releasing one called dolly d-a-l-l hyphen e which took image in, or text inputs and turned them into imagery and my concept was well we need to democratize this we need to give everybody the ability to do this because if if you work for say industrial light and magic and your boss comes to you and says yeah uh give me 10 renderings of a new tie fighter i want it to be sleeker with a lot more cannons Dolly can do that. This engine can actually create those. Now, half of those probably won't look anything like a functional TIE fighter, and you won't use those, but maybe one or two of them will. And the concept was, if we can take this workflow and then finish the workflow by turning those pieces into NFTs, then you could have a non-artistic individual that was able to plug in their idea of what they wanted their art to be, and then that would work its way okay we're going to take that input we're going to make that more flowery more descriptive through the first layer of the ai and then we're going to put that output into the image generating ai and let that create some images for you to choose from and then you can select any or all of them and it will then send them to a minting process and so i'm not van gogh the process is van gogh mm. of being able to take that human input marry it with the ai and have the output be an NFT. Whether that's an NFT for you to sell, whether that's an NFT for you to have as uh, just a record of when this concept piece was created or any of the kind of stuff, didn't matter to me. <clears throat> Most people don't realize just how pro prolific NFTs are going to be in the future. Uh, you know, you buy a house, the deed to your house will be an NFT. And then I'm the, the roof, roofing guy that's going to come by and repair your roof i'm going to sign that on the blockchain that i repaired your roof on the day that i do it and the materials that i use will be included in that blockchain and you can actually trace the materials that were used back to their manufacturing point and then you can trace the 
materials that went into the manufacturing of those from their source location. You know, that's the kind of level of blockchain that we will be having down the road. And so to me, it was just understanding that workflow process for this specific one. And because the text generation part was named DaVinci, the AI image creation was named Dolly, I decided <clears throat> Van Gogh for the name of the process and therefore the overall brand of the artwork. So I have since now trained two other artists to use the Van Gogh process. And uh, hopefully we will release one of their collections very soon under the Van Gogh label. We are in the process of building a uh, gallery for Decentraland. We are building a gallery slash merch shop for Sandbox. So you'll be able to get a Van Gogh face mask for your virtual character, a Van Gogh shirt, Van Gogh pants. Um, if you've seen the stuff for the Digital Breeders Cup that's coming out, they're using a Van Gogh for the backdrop in there. Mm -hmm. I'm in discussions with a couple of PFP programs to use Van Gogh's as rare one of one backdrops for rarity on their PFPs. You know, here's 10 individual Van Gogh's that will be behind your character. I have other uh, projects that are talking to me about Van Gogh's for artwork pieces in the backgrounds of their world that they're building. And so really the goal is to end up being able to create again this process and solution so that I have a turnkey system with templates for shirts and pants and face masks that I can literally hand over to another artist or a company say you have a, a company and you want to have this type of branded merchandise presence okay well we'll help you pick out your land plot We'll give you the templated store. We'll give you the managed service if you need it. Of Okay, yeah, we'll make all the wearables for you and, and host that process for you. Uh, because I think there's going to be a lot of people, just similar to the way uh, Retro Racing has done this stable swag mm -hmm. shop, uh, that we'd be able to take that kind of process. And if you didn't want your own, you could come in under the 